1: Before we go, a quick safety note from the news department. Fireworks are dangerous. So why do we hand them sparklers? And it's not just our kids we need to worry about. Just say no to
0: fireworks.
2: Here's Curtis Lewa. That James Slippen was a PSA. That is understood. But the other day, during the July 4th extravaganza in your news report, you editorialized on that. And I chastised you, as I did at that very moment, and continue to do. Tomorrow, you must make a decision. Lou, be my judge here. Noam Leading is our news director. Either James Flippin', Flippin', Floppin', or whatever, apologizes to me, or he must do the news live Saturday morning from 12 midnight to 6 when I take people to the break of dawn, the best side of the other side of midnight, and also back-to-back, belly-to-belly. Take this down, James Flippin'. 12 midnight to 6 in the morning on Sunday. Live newscasts in which I will editorialize each and every one of those newscasts for at least 5 to 10 minutes. I don't care. Uh, this needs to be resolved and I'm hoping that Noam Laden, our news director, will wrap it up so that tomorrow you either make it or break it, pick it or pan it like they used to do on American Bandstand or like on Don Cornelius's. soul train up or down or all around but let's get to the story of the day you know i love to roam about this city the smell of human excrement and urine was everywhere today as the temperatures hovered around 80 degrees look the air content is not as bad as it's been because of the fires in canada but it's not as good as it could be that's not what I was observing, Lou and Justin, as I was leaving a series of doctor appointments for my beloved wife, Nancy, who just celebrated her birthday last night. As we roamed around the Dukes, 42nd Street, Times Square, the gateway to the world. On the corner of 39th and 7th, I saw back-to-back, belly-to-belly, six FedEx trucks parked... And their personnel, the men and women, were unloading the packages. And they were putting them on all kinds of um, almost like trailer-like devices. Uh, They had them on hand trucks. Uh, They were prepared to go on their delivery route. On the corner, I saw the vultures and buzzards gathered up. And I took it upon myself to talk to uh, all the, uh, as uh, Donald Trump, when he was president, said, bad hombres. Yo, what's you queuing up on the corner for? They're porch pirates. Their goal each and every day is to follow the Federal Express men and women as they make their rounds. And as they drop off the packages, they pick them up and they do the bird. Sometimes they're followed by cars. Sometimes they just exit stage left right into the subway and they disappear. Incredibly. 90,000 packages a day are stolen as they're delivered by United States Postal Service, UPS, FedEx, Amazon, the other package delivery systems. And if you notice, uh, as part of it is, uh, in Fagan-like proportions, there are merchants, like in the diamond exchange, who have allowed their facilities to be uh, repositories... In which you bring in either shoplifted items, boosted items, or as Porch Pirates, FedEx boxes or Amazon boxes or other boxes, Walmart boxes, and then you get 10 cents on a dollar. And then they bring it to a warehouse, and then they sell it either through a wholesale or retail distributor, or they throw it right online on eBay or other online sales services. Let me leave you with this. 90,000 packages are stolen each day that are delivered in New York City. And uh, the providers, meaning the retail wholesale operators that are sending the packages, suck up the difference. It never gets reported to the police. There's never any follow-up. Could you imagine what the New York City crime figures would be if half of those cases resulted in arrest? I make my case. If you don't stop the porch pirates, the fair jumpers, the shoplifters and boosters, you lose complete control of God.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory shopify pos has everything you need to sell in person go to shopify.com slash system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today that's shopify.com slash system
1: check this out this is the rip and read. Featuring Curtis Lewa. About now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed. I have
2: one thing to say. You better work. up there, Justin. Wow. Justin is parading up and down on the runway. Remember, drag race, any of you could compete. It's just one requirement. You got to be a transgender. This is the transgender's anthem led by RuPaul. No relationship to Ron Paul or Rand Paul. But leader of the transgender movement for years, a fixture on TV and through its program, uh, Drag Race, brings a number of prominent transgenders to the forefront who come from all different parts of the country. Now, it is interesting that now that LGBTQ plus is deciding to stake its future on how transgenders are treated and dealt with. With the many demands that they can establish on any given day who they are, what they are, what their sexuality is, what their gender identification is. To me, it's a major, major mistake. But just like with any other group, whether it's uh, male, used to be white males, or um, individuals who would be involved in mass shootings, remember? I remember, and then until all of a sudden surrounding the Beltway in Washington, D.C., was a guy, I forget their names, uh, Muhammad and another young guy, a black guy, was shooting out of the back uh, trunk of his car. They thought, well, the FBI profile is the only white people, crazy white guys do this, you know, go on to, to commit serial shootings. Well, it turned out that anybody could do it. I mean, preponderance is, it's generally kukulamunga white guys. But increasingly, we've seen others, unfortunately, all across the country. And of late, yes, even transgenders. Yes, Lou and Justin, let's go down to the latest uh, killing spree. Mass shooting uh, conducted by a transgender in Philadelphia called Kim Brady Carriker, age 40 who decided after practicing a number of times by putting on a bulletproof vest, uh, having an AR-15 style rifle at the ready, fully loaded and a pistol with an extra magazine, had practiced over and over what was going to be her killing spree. And again, I don't know the appropriate way of referring to her because in her waning days, She's still alive, by the way, captured by the police after killing uh, almost a half dozen, wounding others' children. Uh, she was referring to herself as he, she, they, which is always very confusing for me and I'm sure for most of our listeners. But uh, after being caught, after running up and down these working class blocks of Philadelphia, shooting people indiscriminately, the elderly, the middle-aged, and children, She laid down her weapons. She gave herself up to the police. She commended the Philadelphia Police Department who arrested her on a job well done and bizarrely told the cops that the reason that she opened fire on innocent people with her AR-15 and children was to try to help police since all these guys are out there killing people. I mean, we're talking about a nut job, a screwball. Someone who said that Yahweh, a.k.a. God, would be sending more people to help without providing more details of what the hell she was talking about. But you could see that this individual, a transgender, was totally insane in the brain. In fact, she had a previous gun conviction. She also, on her Facebook, uh, expressed staunch support for the Second Amendment. Okay, got it. Praised Donald Trump. Okay, got it knocked President Joe Biden, okay, got it, applauded Black Lives Matter, okay, got it, and shared frequent biblical references on her Facebook account. Also posted photos uh, of herself wearing women's clothing, and neighbors said, yeah, yeah, we knew, uh, we knew this guy was gay, we knew uh, he would dress up like a transgender, we never really thought anything of it. But right away, the district attorney's office in Philadelphia which is basically the house of George Soros immediately attacked the media claiming oh you're all you're all part of the conservative media because you're basically targeting trans women of color we have our trans women and our trans men living in these communities working thriving the communities they are not killers they are the most vulnerable to violence hey, everybody knows that it just so happens That this uh, shooter, Kim Brady Carricka, is a transgender. The hell, we've had all kinds of serial shooters out there. In fact, the most infamous of the transgender shooters. Slowly, I turn step by step. Let's go back if we can, Lou and Justin Ellick, back to March 27th of this past year. Actually, this year, uh, a day after my birthday. That's how I remembered it. March 26th. But remember the Nashville shooter, Audrey Hale, who was a transgender, who then went into this uh, private uh, school and decided to indiscriminately shoot the children and those that were in the school building uh, because at one time she had gone to that school. And police then said, well, Hale had an emotional disorder, but wouldn't specify what kind and have not released details of a motive in that March killing spree. But everybody had heard that Audrey Hale, this transgender killer and shooter, had a manifesto. In fact, the Unabama just recently died out in the Supermax Florence, Colorado. And remember, the Unabama, who was arrested in a shack in Montana by the FBI, originally came from Albany. His own uh, brother dropped a dime on him. When you read his manifesto, it it lent all the way to the left, very progressive, but very crazy, too. But he was targeting what he felt were enemies of a progressive, far-left dogma. Although as crazy as it was in his manifesto, it's actually been printed. It's in book form. We actually can read the entire manifesto. Uh, that they found in that shack in Montana when the FBI arrested the Unabomber, who was responsible for the death and maiming of many. So now let's look at Audrey Hale. It was March 27th, and Audrey Hale goes into this schoolroom, excuse me, the Covenant Elementary School, and then eventually, after killing six and injuring others, is shot by police as they cornered her dead. Meantime, when they went to the parents' house, because she was living with the parents in Nashville, the parents claimed we had no idea. How could you not have any idea? They recovered 20 journals, five laptops, a suicide note, and various other notes written by Hale. It was seized from the house she shared with her parents, as well as two memoirs, five covenant school yearbooks, and seven cell phones. Even drug dealers don't have seven cell phones. So you would have thought that this information which was promised to the general public in which there have been all kinds of requests through Freedom of Information Act be released, and all of a sudden the FBI and the Metro Nashville uh, Police Department will not release it. They have said, quote, what I was told, her manifesto was a blueprint on total destruction, and it was so, so detailed at the level of what she planned That document in the wrong person's hands would be astronomically dangerous. Isn't that what they told us about the anarchist cookbook in the 1960s, which almost all of us who had a radical leading uh, had as part of their library. I know I had it at that time. In fact, you wanted to go out of your way to get the anarchist cookbook. It didn't mean that all of a sudden we were going to go out and make uh, bombs and declare war on America and join the Black uh, Liberation Army or the Weather Underground. No. But now they're claiming we can have that transgender's manifesto written in great detail, Audrey Hale. The overwhelming majority of it, according to the FBI, would be a danger to the general public. In fact, one city council person in Nashville said, I personally don't want to know the depths to which her psychosis reached. When I'm told by a Nashville Police Department high-ranking official that it keeps him up at night, I'm going to defer to that person in that agency that I don't need to read that. Well, really. Well, you can make that personal choice. It should be available to all of us. We know why that manifesto of that transgender gender shooter was not released in Nashville. Because, let's face it, there's a perception that the negative activity, the killer activity, the shooting activity of one transgender would be truly damaging for the transgender community. The police and the FBI are hesitant to release that manifesto because they're afraid of a violent backlash against that protected class of people. Look, we are entitled to know what the hell was in that transgender's manifesto. Again, it couldn't have been more detailed. The FBI and the Nashville Police Department took out of the house of the parents of the transgender assassin Audrey Hale, 20 journals, five laptops, a suicide note, and various other notes written by Hale. Seized from the House, as well as two memoirs, five Covenant school yearbooks, that's the school she went into and shot up, and seven cell phones. What the hell are you doing with seven cell phones? You're going to tell me that this one domestic terrorist who decided to go in to the elementary private school that she had attended, and now as a transgender, shoot it up for whatever reason, that what she wrote in that manifesto would be so dangerous, it would affect the public safety of America? Get out of here. Transgenders can be serial shooters, gays and lesbians, heterosexuals, asexuals, polyamorous. What the hell are you talking about? Release the manifesto
1: check this out it's the riff and read featuring curtis leewa talk radio 77 wabc
2: Talking about
1: this is the riff and read featuring curtis leewa now to the bernard mcgurk studios of 77 wabc and curtis leewa a child arrived just the other day he came to the world in the usual way but there were planes to catch and bills to pay he learned to walk while I was away and he was talking for I knew it and as he grew he'd say I'm gonna be like you dad you know I'm gonna be like you and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon little boy blue and the man on the moon. when you're coming home dad I don't a good
2: time, man. Great song by uh, Yusef Salam, right? It turned out Cat Stevens became a radical Shia follower of the Ayatollah Khomeini. Uh, signed on to the fatwa of the Ayatollah Khomeini. Again, Salomon Rushdie, who wrote Satanic Verses. And if you remember a year ago in the summer... He was viciously attacked on a stage outside of Buffalo at an arts festival. And he barely survived. He's been impaired, I'm talking about Salman Rushdie. It just gives you an idea of the transition of Cat Stevens to the virulent radical, enemy of America, Western freedom, Shia versus Sunni, Yusuf And it gives us an idea of how people can so radically change. Brings us to the story that we're reading about today in the newspapers, the revisionism of Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, and his wife, Charlene, who in eight years single-handedly destroyed the city that we love, took a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to it. And each night when they were occupants of Gracie Mansion would spend the time on the back porch smoking their Maui Waui and Hindu Kush. We all know that. De Blasio was lazy. And his uh, the present mayor, who was De Blasio 2.0, Eric Adams, is crazy. But let's just focus on the De Blasios because they want everyone now to believe that with their announcement exclusively in the old gray lady, the New York Times, that they going to make up to break up, break up to make up, that they'll continue to live in their home in Park Slope on 11th Street and 7th Avenue. They have two buildings there, the one previously of the de Blasio's mother. They're still the owners and operators of it. They're going to date separately. Bill de Blasio, the Italian stallion, uh, will go in his direction, and Charlene will go back to her roots. Which is, as say, a hardcore lesbian that she wrote about extensively before she met Bill de Blasio in the Dinkins administration. And supposedly he converted her. They got married, had two children. And you know the rest of the story. So now, uh, the spin is that they're going to be a model for modern day couples. It's time for them, after 30 years, to move in a different direction. But you should know Lou and Justin so they don't break your heart that they're still very much in love. I mean, remember, they got married in Prospect Park. And as a former city councilman Sal Albanese said, you know, generally uh, the bride is late. That's the tradition. Bill de Blasio was a half hour late for his own uh, wedding. Charlene was on time. And they had dozens of family, friends, guests, and politicos there. So it was so typical. Where did they go for their honeymoon behind the sugarcane curtain of Fidel and Raul Castro as they were searching for Joanne Chesimard, a.k.a. Asada Shakur, who was given sanctuary there and is public enemy number one. She was the leader of the Black Liberation Army, killed cops, was able to make it to Cuba, and she's been given protection ever since. They wanted to meet her. That was one of their lifelong goals. And from there, they headed down to Nicaragua, Managua, and helped the Sandanistas uh, fight against Ronald Reagan in his attempt to make sure that communism did not get a foothold in the Western Hemisphere In Nicaragua. To this day, you have uh, Daniel Ortega, who the de Blasios love, the pedophile on a pedestal who's president for life, his wife, who is vice president for life, and they've locked up all of their adversaries, except for the cardinal of the Roman Catholic Church, and probably soon will put him in their gulag. But nobody ever asks. hey, you think you made the wrong decision in supporting the Sandinistas? You think uh, that you should have condemned Daniel Ortega when he was identified as a pedophile on a pedestal and now that he has become a dictator for life with his wife, as dictator vice president for life as they lock up all their adversaries? Of course not. Press call was surrounding Bill and uh, Charlene as if this was a new way, a new day, and they were going to move in a direction possibly of a reality show, right? Imagine you have an um, interracial couple with biracial children who have decided to split up and stay together. And obviously we know why they're staying together. There are a series of lawsuits that had been put together to hit both Bill and Charlene for the $1.5 billion that they stole from a program they put together called Thrive. It had never before existed in city government. They created it from scratch. Bill de Blasio gave his wife complete authority to uh, run it as the chairwoman. No checks and balances, no transparency. And uh, they spent $1.5 billion over five years, and they showed no results, no results. I truly believe that they have housed that money offshore in um, illegal bank accounts in either Panama, Switzerland, Antigua, the Cayman Islands. We're getting down to it. My wife, Nancy, uh, just celebrated her birthday with me last night. Uh, She's an e-attorney. She's done the deep dive, Danielle. Wife of Sid, her prestigious law firm, and she is considered one of the better attorneys in our tri-state area, are involved in a lawsuit against uh, the de Blasios, although she's stealth on that. And her own Bo Dito and Frank Morano is part of the commission uh, of uh, Sid in the Morning. We're all doing our deep dive because we're not going to let them get away with this. The reason that they're staying together, even though... By all accounts, they should first uh, be separated and then have a formal divorce. If divorced, then a wife can be compelled to testify against her husband and vice versa. But if they remain legally married and yet continue to be footloose and fancy free and have an open marriage, you can't get at them this way. Can't get at them. In fact... Let's go back before the lockdown and pandemic, of March of 2020. In fact, it was a year before that, March of 2019. Already Thrive was uh, under question, under the radar screen. People were saying, wait, it's three years. Where are the results? Where's the money? And so Charlene McCrae was getting hammered. She had appeared at a city council hearing. She was blah, 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 Uh, The Democrats began to protect her because they won't eat their own babies, and then she appeared on Good Day New York with Rosanna Scotto, who asked the questions that should have been asked by the Attorney General Tish James, by the city controller at the time, Scott Stringer, and by the Speaker uh, of uh, the City Council
1: we need to talk about other things because the thrive initiative has been getting a lot of press lately yes. i know yes. that you uh probably have been reading some of it mm-hmm. and some people have say that there's no accountability for the money mm-hmm. that was spent 850 million dollars uh, going to hit a billion dollars within five years and we're still seeing lots of homeless
0: on the street and apparently mm-hmm not a lot of book, bookkeeping from your office. Well, that's not true. Um, that is absolutely not true. We have so many measures in place um, and, I, I, you know, so many things. Uh, so what, what are, are the accomplishments then thus uh-huh. far of Thrive NYC? Okay. How can we be able to to, to tell that, that that 850 mil has actually been well spent? Well, first of all, we haven't spent 850 million. We've only spent. Uh, by the end of June, we'll have spent 560 million. That's still a but lot of is, bucks. That's a lot of bucks, and those bucks have been well spent. And we have again many measures in place. I think the kinds of things that people are looking for, we're not going to see for many years because that's just not the way it works. I know. When you get vaccinated, you don't immediately become immune to every disease. No, no, but right? we would like so to see some, some changes things, on the street. Well, you know, well, like no, 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 the that's homeless not people what, and, and
1: the mentally ill people. Okay.
2: That was 2019. That was a year before the lockdown and pandemic. Rosanna Scotto was relentless on her. And Charlene McRae had no answers. She wouldn't provide a spreadsheet. She wouldn't show where the monies from Thrive were going. She couldn't even provide one testimonial of one emotionally disturbed person who, as a result of an intervention by a Thrive uh, counselor, was able to remedy uh, depression or psychosis or schizophrenia or something else that was driving them to live in the subways, the streets, uh, or the parks. Nothing. Two years later, Thrive was still under attack. Charlene McRae, having uh, been wiped away, they wouldn't even let her appear any longer to speak about where all the money went, And then all of a sudden, her husband, who provided the the funding of one and a half billion dollars to this fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi program called Thrive, immediately rose in August of 2021 to defend his wife. When we talk about mental health for all, we're taking everything we learned over the last eight years and we're taking it to the next level. It's a whole new approach. It's a deeper approach. And we're going to be spreading the word to all New Yorkers that mental health is available for each and every one of you. I want you to see uh, an ad that we'll be showing to really let people know the help is there for them. It's available 24-7. You're going to see this on TV and you're going to see posters and all sorts of other outreach so people know help is there for them. That was August of 2021. I didn't see one poster. I didn't see one TV ad. It stole the money. In fact, tomorrow uh, I'm going to do the deep dive and explain to you how Thrive continues in the administration of Eric Adams. They've changed its name. It's now housed in City Hall with a different executive director, obviously no longer Charlene McCray. and it has a budget of $325 million a year. And what what has it done? It's done Ugats. It's done Buckets. Same program, different name, different location, City Hall, and it's done nothing. But probably the biggest sin of all sins is how uh, Kaiser von Wilhelm, Warren von Wilhelm, Jr., which was uh, Bill de Blasio, named after his father, Warner von Wilhelm, totally disparaged his father. I want to tell you about his father. His father was born and raised in Staten Island. His mother was born and raised in Manhattan. His father of German ancestry, his mother of Italian ancestry. And his father went to Yale. And upon uh, leaving Yale, joined the military in World War II and was assigned to the Pacific. And he said, oh, my God, I've jumped from island to island uh, in combat here with my colleagues I've earned a Bronze Star, but luckily I did not qualify for a Purple Heart, which would mean that you're injured in the line of duty. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of the war in the Pacific, he joined the Battle of Okinawa, an 82-day conflict that was endless. The Japanese last stand, kamikaze fighters, human wave after human wave, the Japanese had decided to gunfire, napalm, and all means necessary that they were going to repel the American invaders. And in one of the battles, a Japanese soldier emerged from a foxhole with a grenade, and Bill de Blasio's father killed the soldier, but the grenade exploded below his left foot, and his leg was amputated below the knee. Now remember, that was back then. Prosthesis was nowhere near the developed modern medical miracle science that it is today. You would get sores. You would get rashes. You would constantly fall. He had a wooden leg. The poor guy returned uh, a war veteran. There's no doubt about it. He was indignant that his patriotism would be questioned when he went back to work and it was part of the Red Scare that people said, hey, you know, this guy, von Wilhelm, might be a communist. And he said, I lost a limb in this war. I consider my loyalty to the United States complete. I am a loyal American. This was Bill de Blasio's father, who then got so depressed because he was denied job opportunities, he began to drink. And Bill de Blasio disparaged him said that it was because of his father he decided to change his last name from von Wilhelm to uh, de Blasio. That was all a lie. That was a calculation politically because he wanted to come to New York to run for office, and he knew as an Italian-American with a vowel at the end of his name, it stood a better chance than with a German name. None of his siblings changed their last names, only Bill de Blasio. And his father gripped in depression like so many veterans who had been scarred in battle emotionally and physically. Imagine a wooden leg that was always falling off, causing him to fall. Again, the prosthetics uh, were not what they are today. And when Bill de Blasio was 18, his father took uh, a gun, put it up to his chest in Connecticut, and blew himself away. Never showed remorse continued to disparage his father to explain why he changed his last name. His father was an American hero. I I know I've had somewhat of a similar circumstance in my extended family. My Aunt Louise had uh, married a German young man who was a butcher. Uh, He's like a movie star looks, blonde hair, blue eyes. But there's something about the Germans. If if something goes wrong, they're more prone like uh, the Scandinavians to commit suicide and My cousin Laura, my cousin Willie returned home one day after school and they went into the bathroom and my Uncle Bill had uh, shot himself in the head in the bathtub. Uh, My cousin Laura and my cousin Willie never recovered from that. My Aunt Louise never recovered from that. Look, it's a horrible way, horrible way for children and the wife to see the husband, the father, take his life and you know something? They never disparaged their father. They always spoke of him in the most glowing terms. He was a great man who obviously had some severe emotional issues. This, this bastard, Bill de Blasio, disparaged an American war hero for political gain, his own father. What does that tell you about that? What does that tell you about this guy? The father took him to Fenway Park. The father took him to Little The father was being tortured by demons. And this guy, in order to get political game, had to explain why he took his mother's maiden name. And he said, well, because my father was a negative influence in his life. You should all have had a father as great as his father, an American patriot, American war hero, gave his leg in battle. When others might have retreated or maybe even surrendered against the Japanese horde. Remember, that was the Battle of Okinawa. It was the last gasp of the Japanese Empire. They were coming in kamikaze waves, wave after wave, suicide killers. They didn't care. His father did the right thing. And his son disparaged him. You are a You are a shanda, Bill de Blasio. And we're coming for you and your wife who stole one and a half billion dollars. It's The Riffin'
1: and Read. Talking about. Featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking about. This is The Riffin' and Read. Featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. <laughs>
2: Yes, I forgot to give a salute to John Sterling, whose birthday uh, was the other day, I think July 4th. What was he, Lou, 85? I mean, he's out there. I used to curse uh, John Sterling because I did the post-post Yankee game show when WABC carried the Yankees and finally got back into the World Series and won it in 96. But it was Michael Kay. Who, oh, by the way, I used to do a show at the old WABC, 7 to 9, and I'd follow from 9 to 12. It was John Sterling and Michael Kay saluting his partner, who was 85.
1: There's the birthday boy, John Sterling, 85 and loving it. Thriving at 85. And- at the belt.
2: And now the 3-2 swung on, a pop foul back here. Wow Really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. So once again, it'll be a three-two. Took a licking, came back, taking it. Fenway Park. I salute them. You need to go to our Instagram page at wabcradio.com and see a video that has gone viral that I did with a homeless guy in Times Square. Hundred thousand hits. You got to look at it. And then, uh, if tonight you're available, come on out to Hunts Point in the Bronx, Beretto Street. AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is having another town hall meeting. She'll be hammered from the far left and from the far right. And I'll be there with my wife, Nancy, who can come wish her a happy birthday. She's had a tough time of late. But tomorrow, I'll be able to tell you what went on at the circus-style town hall meeting of a woman who's hell-bent on destroying this country with all of her mini who probably was throwing American flags on the Barbie on July 4th, AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez.